Records of the Unknown, Operation Convergence, involve story elements that some may find disturbing, including violence, psychological horror, and depictions of suicide. Listener discretion is advised. You are listening to an Atomic Broadcasting production. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the feature presentation. And remember, do your part, such as like, comment, rate, and don't forget to tell a friend to tune in for an atomic time. Thank you for waiting. I'm the Archivist. Welcome to Delta Green's Records Room. For those uninitiated, Delta Green is a covert government program for the containment or delay of the unnatural, the cosmic, the horror that threatens to break the levy of normalcy. Chaos is knocking, agents, and it will break into your homes if given the chance, taking apart your neighbors, your loved ones, and everything you know. Delta Green knows humanity's place in the grand conspiracy. Nowhere. The files in this office contain records of each mission, or in some cases, all that could be recovered from missions gone wrong. This file in particular, Operation Convergence, is the record of a team sent to Tennessee after teenage boy displayed unusual behavior. Be warned, these files are not for the faint of heart. As operatives of Delta Green, our agents are aware that they may face the strange, dark, and otherworldly, with their lives and sanity on a perilous edge that their efforts may make no difference at all. Hello, welcome to our playthrough of Delta Green Operation Convergence. I'm Samuel Sarver, and I will be the handler for this scenario, running our four players through it. Three of these players you'll recognize if you have listened to our other show, The Written and the Lost. Those players are Abby, Sven, and Michael Jenkins. Our fourth player is new to any of our shows, our good friend Jack. Um, Jack. Yes. You are new to this table and this group. Would you like to give a quick introduction of yourself as a person? I am Jackson, or Jack. Uh, I play games and video games and tabletop games. Pathfinder, D&D, Starfinder, uh, Delta Green, Call of Cthulhu, Tales of the Valiant. I am also running a Star Wars campaign Ooh, using a homebrew system that is almost finished. Um, we just have to deal with one of the characters uh, confronting his brother who accidentally murdered his father quote-unquote, accidentally. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we hope everyone gets used to Jack here as he'll be with us for this Delta Green scenario. And I'm going to have to work really hard to not make jokes. It's going to be painful. <laughs> yeah, it'll be okay. Just look at me, Jack. <laughs> it makes it worse. <laughs> but uh, we will get started. September 12th, 1996. It's a rainy day. Light thunderstorms. We are outside the Apple Corporation building. Inside, 
cubicles, we see a fax machine light up with a triangle. A message comes out and is grabbed by the hands of who? Sven, introduce your character here. Alright, my character's real name is Logan Mitchum. And the hand that comes out is not too scrawny, kind of pale because he works mostly in an office setting. If you travel up and look at the rest of him, you'll see that he's wearing a bright orange Hawaiian shirt with um, a pair of denim shorts and uh, undershirt underneath, but the top few buttons are a little bit loose. Around him, you can hear the clicky clack of keyboards and you know a, a, a printer over in the corner as he grabs that paper off the uh, the fax machine kind of does a slight double take to see if anybody noticed and nobody did as he reads the contents as you pull it up to look at it you see something simple thursday night you're going to the opera as he he reads those few lines and he just starts carefully very meticulously folding it over and over again gets it as tight as he can and reaches over and puts it in a shredder and as he drops it his hand shivers a little bit from those hands fades to black and then we pop up outside of a large building it says CIA headquarters Inside, there's a dark room, lots of computers, a couple of people working away. We go into the dark room, see a man sitting behind the desk, typing away when his phone begins to ring. Jenkins, what does this man look like? Yeah, so uh, I'm playing Greg Stewart. Is a very average looking man. He's in his mid-30s or so. His hair is starting to gray a bit. Due to the stress of work and everything, he looks really ragged, r- ragged and tired as he goes to pick up his phone. Hello? Hello. There's something strange going on with the asset. He just checked in from Antarctica. Can you please confirm? Uh, he sort of types on his thing. Uh, uh, that's not what I'm showing. Uh, why would he be there? And it goes silent, and then you hear the click in the dial tone. With the hanging up of the phone... We cut to a large cityscape, looking out at an apartment late at night. Someone is in there pacing. Abby, who's this person? Um, so this is Nell Jennings. Um, she looks kind of ragged. Um, she's wearing torn jeans and a really, really gross, old, stained, torn jean jacket. There's a cigarette in her hand, and you can see lying around... The room she is in are just empty bottles everywhere. There's kind of like a glazed over look in her eyes and dark circles. Um, She always kind of has like this very tired expression on her face. In the corner of the living room of her apartment, though, you see a very large wire cage with a rat rummaging around and some paper litter underneath. Um, On the front of the cage is a name. It is Mr. Pancakes. Presumably, it is the rat's name. So, as you're standing there, you hear a quick rapping at the door. Uh, She stops pacing, kind of looks at the door. Um, 
she probably jumps like she wasn't expecting it. Um, and then she goes to the door and looks through the the looky-loo. The looky-loo. As you're walking up to the door, a piece of paper slips through the bottom of your door into your room. And if you look through the looky-loo, there's nothing out there or anyone. I pick up the paper. Uh, on the bottom of the paper, as you unfold it, is attached an airplane ticket. On the top half of the letter, a couple of words are typed out. Time to earn your keep. And in the middle of the paper, a triangle. Where's the ticket to? Tennessee. As you look away from the letter, we cut once again. We fade into a university. Inside, we go to one of the few rooms with its lights still on. The office. On the door frame, it is... Thomas Elwood. And what is he doing inside right now? He is at his desk with a single lamp on, a a very stained coffee cup that's basically empty. He's kind of going through uh, some papers. It looks like he's grading currently. He is dressed in a pale yellow dress shirt with its sleeves kind of rolled up and a dark brown sweater vest and a dark brown tie that's kind of loosened. He has dark uh, black hair and dark brown eyes and kind of a fair complexion that seems like he doesn't get out much with a little bit of stubble as if he hadn't shaven in a day or two. He has a bit of dark circles under the eyes as he takes a swig of his coffee and just continues going through the papers. And his room is also a giant mess, except for his desk, which has a very neat amount of space around the papers, and it's just stacks of books and papers around him. Your Hotmail account, blings, or whatever noise Hotmail made. Mm-hmm. It's from an unknown sender, and on it says, sorry, late paperwork with an attachment. I'm going to open the attachment. Excellent, as you do in 1996. You open unrestricted (laughs) and unknown attachments. On it is just a picture. A picture of a big green triangle. Uh, I'm going to down the rest of my coffee. And then I'm going to put away my paperwork. And then I'm going to go to my fresh pot of coffee that was brewing. And then I'm going to go into the attachment. Was that all that was? That was the attachment. Oh, okay. Then I'm probably going to leave the room. So you head out. You close the door. Another door opens. And we see a man walking into a federal FBI building, Nashville, in Tennessee. This man is tall, lean, deep eyes, craggy scowl. He's walking through. He's got a badge. says Special Agent Derringer. He looks about mid-40s. He's walking in, greeting everyone that he walks by in this office building. As he heads up to the top floor, opens a door, and inside is a meeting room where the four of you all sit together. He walks in and he says, Good morning. My name's Agent Derringer. I will be your handler today. Thank you all for being punctual. And he kind of starts looking through some papers. He passes each of you a manila envelope. Eleven days ago, there was a boy. Uh, hold on. I think I better... I think I better show you before I talk about it. And he wheels over this large 21 inch big old TV and pops in a VCR a VHS into the VCR is this TV like on the rolly wheels yeah like back in school oh yeah Mm -hmm. and on this begins to play some security footage from what looks like a gas station 
We see a young man in a hoodie with his hood up approaching the counter. He looks agitated. He's twitching very much. And he looks very pained as he begins talking to the cashier. There's no audio on here. The cashier just kind of blankly stares back, confused. When the man's hand strikes the cashier's head, crushing the cashier's skull and sending his head flying off of his body into the wall. The young man looked shocked for a second before opening the cash register, taking money, and leaving. About 30 seconds later, the boy comes running back in, grabs a handful of pill bottles, and then runs out again. Will each of you make me a sanity check? So I'm going to talk about sanity for a second here. As this is a horror game, someone's connection to reality or their relationship with themselves and where they fit in the world is often challenged by the unknown and the unnatural. That's represented by our sanity score. The more we lose it, the less of a grip you have on reality and who you are. In this case, they're all rolling sanity due to the violence of seeing a man's head ripped off. Now, in this system, we roll D100s against percentages. So we'll go over someone's roll. Jack, what is your sanity currently? My sanity is 50. 50. And what did you roll on the D100? 55. 55. So in this system, you also, because we're rolling percentages, it's, he wants to roll 50 or under in order to succeed his sanity check. In this case, he failed. So Jackson, you'll take one sanity point of damage. What is your current sanity, 55? My current sanity is 50. 50, so it is down to 49 now? It, that is correct. Okay. So everyone else, did you succeed or fail? I failed. I succeeded. 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 So anyone who failed take one sanity point of damage, and anyone who succeeded took no sanity points of damage. So the video is paused, and Derringer turns over and says... This man has held up six gas stations and drugstores over the last couple days. Went from Tennessee, Alabama, then to Georgia. And he was caught on his last heist. An FBI agent and a state trooper both put four bullets in him before he went down. And he lived. He's being held in an interrogation room in this building right now. His name's Billy Ray Spivy. Now, does anyone have any questions before I go over the briefing? You you said um, you said that he was shot four times. Yes, four times. That's a lot of times. And apparently, he barely went down from those four. Has he been treated for those four times being shot? A little. He hasn't really needed much. Seems to come back fine. Have there been any other um, casualties? Well, eleven days ago. Spivy disappeared from his parents' house in Groversville, Tennessee. When he returned nine days ago, two days later, he wasn't feeling great and he was ill. Him and his father had a disagreement, and he put his hand through his father's chest, killing him. So yes, there was one other casualty. So, uh, do you think that all of the robberies were him fleeing from his father's murder, or were they more... Well, sounds like a bit of both. A couple of things here. Here in this briefing, I guess I'll just go over it here. Billy Ray was taken to a doctor before he killed his father, and 
doctor said he had no bowel movements and did not urinate. Then he killed his father shortly after that. After that, the boy robbed Sinclair Gas and Company, $65, and several packages of aspirin, and went down the highway. It's Highway 135. Said he had no guns, but that Spivy demolished the counter with his bare hands. Went to Alabama, Georgia. Reports say he was manic. No real sense of what he was doing other than robbing gas stations of money, food, and painkillers. After that cashier died, the FBI got involved because he crossed multiple state lines, presumably under the influence of drugs, and running from a possible murder that they were not aware of at the time, but he murdered a man at the gas station. At a roadblock in Georgia is where that state trooper and that FBI agent found him. Now, the trooper tried to put him down with a riot gun, and the boy snapped that riot gun in half. So since we've gotten him drugged up and examined in the interrogation room, we've done some tests on him. As much as we can right now, we're still waiting a couple days for some samples. Could be useful to you guys, but we'll have to get started before you can get those. They found that Spivy possesses tremendous muscular strength. However, they noted that his skeletal structure is unchanged, so while he's strong enough to pick up and throw a car, his bones would break before he'd even have the chance to do that. Further examination found evidence of surgery, revealed by uh, small scars all over his arms and legs. These scars are so small, in fact, couldn't really see them if you're looking at them with just the naked eye. All these incisions seem to have been closed with the same non-human material that seems to make up his new muscle tissue. There's more study to be done, more analysis we're waiting on, but we'll have to get started before you get all that information. And we'll try and get that to you as soon as we can. Because of these things, I decided it needed to be a Delta Green Op, so I called you all in. The other people in this building are not aware of this, so please, open up your manila envelopes, if you would. Yes, Greg? Um, what was he like before you got him under the anesthetic? When he was at the roadblock? When you got him in the cu- the short time, I'm assuming, or was it immediate? We I, picked him up at the roadblock, put him under anesthetic. He's here, he's just, uh... Was he he's still? He's pretty out of it right now, right. still. Was he still manic? Was he sh- screaming, hollering? He just keeps talking about being in pain. He's not really, he's not really all there. You're welcome to talk to him if you want try and get some information out of him maybe but we haven't had a lot of luck with that but I can take you down there if you need it to now inside these envelopes here I've passed to you is all the information you need to go undercover as an FBI agent you should have new IDs badges new names everything you need and uh, let's go over everyone's fake names Jack what's your fake name John Green John Green Jenkins. What is uh, Stewart's? Uh, Josiah Teal. Josiah Teal. Abby, what is your character's fake name? Jesse Olive. Uh, Sven. Jack Gray. We'll need to get you all down to Groversville, Tennessee, whenever you can. I want you to go in there under the guise of looking into a drug ring or something down there to try and trace back the drugs this kid was on. It's the best cover story we have right now. You know how long the lab work's going to take? A couple days. Should should get it three days at the latest after you start your investigation in Groversville. We'll try and get it sooner, but we'll send someone down to find you. And looking at the paperwork, 
So we'll start there, and I'm guessing we'll move on to his home. Once you're there, you do things the way you want to do them. I ain't going to give you a roadmap of what to do. If you want to talk to the kid's family first, that might be good. If you want to check in with a sheriff, that might be good too. Groversville is a county seat down in Grover County in Texas. So it's a little bigger than you might expect in the town. For only having 1,200 people, there's a lot of traffic through it. So be careful about that. Don't draw too much attention when you're in there. Probably would be good to uh, get with the sheriff. That way he doesn't feel left out. Mm. Start getting up in our business. Now Highway 135 runs straight through the middle of this place. So you guys should be able to just take a truck and get down there. We have a car you guys can take outside. Thank you. You're welcome. You might not be so grateful afterwards. Should we uh, talk to the kid before we leave? If you want to, you're welcome to. I can take you down to him. We can at least assess his mental state. Might be able to get more information about... Uh, I doubt we could get anything more than what they got, but probably be worth it. Yeah, at least see the kid, see what he acts like. I know he's under a lot of medication right now, but... Um, how well restrained is he? It's a good question. Very. As much as we can, he's got braces upon braces upon wrappings to a chair. Presumably he could break his way out, we don't really know, but the kid's drugged up enough that uh, he hasn't tried anything so far. You said you can lift a car, like, at least put, like, I don't know, chains or something? We use what we have. We don't have a lot of, we haven't had a lot of time to deal with this, you know. We gotta move fast and make sure the rest of the FBI doesn't get too involved. And, and can you remind me how long he's been contained? Couple hours. Okay. When I when I heard that he was being transferred here, or should I say when I got him transferred here, I put in the call to each of you. So he hasn't been here but longer than a day. Sounds good. Well, let's get this over with. Alright, follow me. Now he's being watched as he takes you guys out of the room. Now he's being watched by three FBI agents. None of them are aware of the program, so be a little cautious and uh, learn your identities. Say right now. Jack is actually currently dressed in khakis and a black polo. As you're walking, he's like, and if any of y'all want to take a change of clothes, we got some in the locker room. It's up, it's up to yourselves. <laughs> That's suggested for some of you. Now, um, <clears throat> I should say, while we're on our way here, one of you in your, in your envelope received my phone number. Commit that to memory and burn that if you would. There are other parties involved and interested in the things we're looking into. I don't want all of you to know or have any traces back to me, but one of you needs to know. I will go about... I'll take that number for you. Too late, I've already memorized it. <laughs> well, it's fine if multiple people have it memorized. Yeah. In fact, we should probably all. No, only one of you should. That seems very... Get, give it. Dangerous. Yeah, allow me. The more of you who know it, the more chance there is that someone could find out and trace it back to us. I have it. You have it. Give me a call if you need it. While you're out there... Make sure you don't trust anyone else but me. Alright, he's right in here. And he opens the door up for you guys and ushers you in. Inside you see a frightened teenager. He's about 18 years old. He's in uh, jeans, sneakers, and a Metallica t-shirt. He looks really dazed. I think all of you can tell he's heavily drugged. And like Derringer mentioned, he's bound to the chair with... A seemingly unnecessary to other people amount of braces and wrappings. And you see the three FBI agents all with M16A2 assault rifles. And they have orders to shoot if he breaks free. Gentlemen, 
Hey, what's going on? Uh, if you if you three could step out of the room for a minute, these uh, four would like to talk with the boy. Cool. We'll call if we need you. <laughs> Are you sure about this, sir? This kid seems really dangerous. Just go on out there and wait. All right, sure. And the three of them kind of step out nervously and close the door behind them. And now it's the four of you in there with Billy Spivy. How's he look uh, other than all wrapped up and drugged? Uh, I mean, he looks a little dirty, like he hasn't been bathed in a while, but he doesn't look cut or anything like that. He looks like his skin is all good. Oh, so no bu- gunshot wounds? No, no wounds. Does he seem cognizant? Um, 50-50. His shirt still has bullet holes in it. Any blood around those holes? Yeah, um, like dried blood, not just... Blood. Yeah, a little bit. Presumably that's what's been sent to be tested, at least some of it. Does it look like he is still injured from those wounds? Uh, Billy? Uh, You there? What? Uh, Who's... Are you more agents? Are are you going to hurt me? No, we're not going to hurt you. Did I do something? What's the last thing you remember? I... uh, I'm... I'm, uh, Sorry, it just hurts. What hurts? My arms... My legs, it all just hurts so much. Uh, it's hard to think. Do you guys have any painkillers or something I can take? And he's under a lot of anesthetic. Or... You're aware he has a ton already in him right now. What did you ask? Uh, what was the last thing you remember? I, I am lights, I think. There were lights. There were weird lights. I was on my way. Ah. I was on my way to see my girlfriend, and I don't remember anything else. I, my mom said I disappeared, and I, but I felt so bad. I don't, I don't know. It just hurts. <laughs> Please, do you guys have something? <laughs> what was the keeper's name again? The handler was Derringer. Derringer. I'm gonna lean over to Derringer and say, "Uh, see his girl. I thought the last thing happened. He went to the doctor's office. I was told he saw his girlfriend." Al- 11 days ago before his first disappearance. When he came back, his parents sent him to the doctor. When he came back two days later, he seems to not remember missing any time, but he was gone for two days. What's your girlfriend's name, son? It's, uh, it's Jane. Jane, uh, Allen. And Derringer's like, we, uh, haven't been able to reach her. What, uh, what about these lights were weird, if you remember anything? I just remember lights, I... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I just remember it hurts. And there were lights that I just don't remember. Ah. Were you laying down? Uh, maybe. Maybe. Uh, I don't. I, last thing I remember, I was driving ah, to my girlfriend's. And then uh, I think there were lights. or Maybe the lights were later. Uh, uh, do you guys have anything? Something, please. Uh. C- can you describe the pain? What? What kind of pain is it? I... Uh, is it sharp or dull or piercing? It, I don't know. It, it's not quite like I felt before. It's kind of like... Uh, like growing pains, but like a lot more. And then also hurts more and feels different. But similar. Something broken. Derringer? 
Yes. Uh, as part of the testing, are you going to do a CT scan, x-ray? I imagine. I'm not sure. I'm not a part of that. Well, I'd suggest it if not. All right. I'll keep that in mind. I imagine our docs know what's up. I sent all the information I had to a reliable and friendly doctor. Forensic scientists, people I know, it might take a bit longer because of that, but there are people who can trust get the right information from this boy. What's your mother's name, son? Angel. Uh, Angel. My mom's Angel. It's a good name. Is my dad all right? Uh, We don't know too much about your father right now. Okay. What do you remember about him? When was the last time you saw your father? We, uh, I think it was after I came back, I think. Um, I don't remember a lot because it just hurt so much. I... I think he. I think we argued for a bit. Um, and I think I. Uh, oh, did I? Did I hurt him? No, no. Calm down. Calm down. What did the doctor say? I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember. It all just hurt so much, and he's talking to my mom and my dad, and I never used the restroom, and that was really weird. <laughs> but it doesn't hurt like it's supposed to. Nothing hurts like it's supposed to. I don't. Uh, but one last question for me here, Billy. Well, maybe, probably. Do you remember um, robbing the gas stations? I yeah, I remember. I was on the. I was running. I was scared. I. Why were you running? I. Oh God! It's okay I if you don't want to think about it. Did I kill my dad? Oh, we don't know, Billy. It's fine. I just hurt so much. I needed to keep running, and I needed more drugs, and I needed money and food to get away. And does it lessen the pain if you're running? If I what? Does it lessen the pain if you run? If I run, I don't think so. It just hurts. Well, I think we should probably go. He seems to be getting more upset the more questions we ask. Uh. Can someone give him more morphine? Uh, how does his clothes look? Does it look like they've been like tearing at the seams or anything like that? Does it look no, like he's had any other, size change? Other than a couple of bullet holes, everything seems like it fits right, like it would normally. Oh, huh, okay. Billy, I realize it hurts, but you're going to have to stay strong. going to try and get you help. Okay, I'll do my best. I'm not... Am I going to go to jail? Oh, don't worry about Billy. We're going to get you better. We're going to figure out what the lights were. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, I think uh, we should step outside now. So Derringer leads all of you out of the interrogation room. There's lockers down there if you need them. One of you should have keys in your envelope. There's a car in the parking garage. You head on down to Groversville. We'll send a man with some more test results in a couple days, as soon as we have them. You're on your own in there. If you need anything, try and give me a call. But try not to need anything. Uh, how far? How long of a drive is it to Groversville? It's about three hundred miles away. T- Tennessee's long. We're gonna have to take a couple of shifts. I'll take the first shift. Uh, Nell or Jess, if you want to take the second shift. Now, um, I'd advise you all to be a little cautious when you're in there. Well, place is full of UFO nut jobs. A lot of reported activity over there, if you understand. So, uh, most of the people don't like that stuff, so I'd keep clear of it, if you could. They're all a little, uh, wacky. Place is really a mess, if I might say. Uh, what, by nut job, would you say they're dangerous? No, I wouldn't say that. Honestly, with a 
our brief reports from there seem like most people hate it when you bring it up, but at the same time, place is a hotbed for reports about UFO activity. So at least some people there are uh, a little over-enthused about uh, this kind of stuff. So careful who you're saying what to. With what that boy was saying, it seems likely at least. But you never know until you get there. We'll let you know as soon as we get some information. Good luck. Oh, and uh, your covers aren't uh, concrete. They won't handle a lot of scrutiny. No one's going to protect you if that happens, so be careful. Keep a low profile. Does the sheriff already know that FBI is involved? He's being notified, but you don't know much about what's going on, so you'll need to fill him in. No, I mean, does he know that the FBI is involved? Yes, he's been notified just recently about your guys' heading over. But you don't know much about why. That's all we need. Yeah, we don't got to tell him too much, but we got about five hours, so if we can go ahead and start hitting the road after we gather our things. All right. Derringer turns around, heads back into the office building. Well, let's hit the road, Jack. In the interim, I have changed clothes. Okay, so now you've switched to look a little more natural. A little more professional. Better. Olive. More presentable. For a mission such as this? Well, I didn't want to blow our cover. Are you going to join her? Huh? Is there something wrong with what I'm wearing? The coffee stain. Oh, I thought... Sorry, laundry day's tomorrow, and so sometimes I get a little sidetracked because, you know, grading papers can take a little bit long, and sometimes you sometimes you try and double it up because you don't want to... You want to actually have a weekend because I... I I didn't need to come. I'm rambling again anyway. Um, where's the... I'm... I'm going to go change. Locker room's down the hall. Thank you. Is he on something? Coffee. A lot of it. Okay. So you guys all head in and head on out for the long drive to Groversville, Tennessee. So you guys take, you guys just have to take the highway, Highway 135. When you get close enough, you can get on that highway and just head right into town. So, as you guys are driving into town in your black SUV-type vehicle, I'm sure, at the time, um, where are you guys wanting to go first? Um, Sheriff. Yeah, that might not be a bad idea. What What's the place that we're staying at here? Is it Marley's Shut Eye? Is that the hotel? That's Merle's. Merle's. That is a motel. Okay, so I'm assuming we'll go there. there. I think it'd also be but... good to check out the pharmacy. Mm. See if... See if it was robbed or if it's had a sudden spike of demand. But I, I do agree, though. The the sheriff, would be, we got to introduce ourselves, be polite and whatnot. We need, we need to make sure that he doesn't get in our case. We need to make sure he feels needed. He's helping out with the FBI. Right? Yeah. So it's the sheriff's office. Mm-hmm. It's a left right there, uh, Jesse. Mm-hmm. So you guys pull in, and the uh, sheriff's station isn't too small it's like a good size for a town of about 1200 people the whole place is nice there's a lot of traffic a lot of business to this place to go into a little more detail about your guys's cover story because it has gone out by now so you guys would be aware of what the sheriff knows the official cover story that the fbi has given out as assuming what's actually happening is that the kid's crime spree began when he angered some drug dealers he was in business with and then was so strung out and on the run from his cohorts and you guys are basically trying to find his accomplices and the drug ring that he was a part of. 
But of course, you guys are aware that there aren't any. So you guys head out of your vehicle, and you're in front of the sheriff's station. You guys head on in. What's the sheriff's name? Dan Oakley. Jack walks up. We're here to see Dan Oakley. Is he in? FBI. Holds up his badge. Oh, yes. Uh, he's been expecting you. The person, the front desk person, points you off to an office. He's right in there. Thank you. Walks over. Should should we all go in at once, or maybe just... Oh, we should all introduce ourselves, but he could probably be the one to do most of the talking. I'm going to get me a snack from that vending machine real fast. Walks in. Knocks. Three times on the door. You can see some movement behind the blinds, and he opens the door. He's a... Again, about a middle-aged man. He's a little plump, but not too much. And he's just like, Oh, you those FBI agents. I take it. Yes, sir. Name's Jack. Is it all of you there, or is it just Jack there? Uh, I think we said all of us are going to be there yeah. for introductions. Okay. She's like, come on inside. Come on inside. This guy got seats for each of you. Thank you, Sheriff. Want to make this short and sweet. Jack. Jack Gray. Jesse Olive. Oh, come on, Jack. We've worked together. My name's Josiah. Josiah. Teal. Josiah Teal. Uh, John Green. John? Green. John Green? Yeah. And uh, are each of you FBI agents? I'm FBI. Uh, We're all FBI. Uh, I'm I'm technically a consultant, um, but we were, yes. A consultant? What do they need a consultant for? He has some skills that we wanted to use. Nah. He is part of the Bureau. Doesn't get out in the office much. So you all are, you're looking into this whole drug thing. You know, I don't think there's much of that here in town. I don't get much of that in my county. Me and my 18 deputies here keep this place under wraps. If it is, it's probably another county nearby. I don't know why you guys are here looking into it. Aside from that spivvy boy. Sheriff... I understand you keep a tight ship. Honestly, I expect to find nothing much here. You're probably right, it is in another county. But, we've got to start somewhere, and this is where it started. <sighs> just just don't spend too much time here, you know? I don't need a bunch of FBI agents in the middle of my town causing problems. Now, Sheriff, don't you worry. We specialize in keeping a low profile. We came here as a courtesy, that way you know we're here. Alright, I apologize if I, uh... Got a little too aggressive there. Uh, it's been real busy lately. Real busy. Is there anything you guys are going to need from me and my boys? Yeah, if I can interject here. Uh, what uh, what notes do you have on that spivvy boy? Not too much, honestly. He's just a pretty ordinary kid. He was uh, dating that, uh, that uh, what's her name? Jane uh, Allen? Jane Allen. Dating her. They're both nice kids. He hangs out with his friends. Down at the reservoir, like all the others. Spent too much time down there. Need to find something else to do. Maybe get some jobs or something. And Jane, she's still in town. Yeah, uh, last I know, I haven't, uh, haven't really been reaching out yet. The FBI didn't want me to. They said they had uh, some guys doing some initial questioning or something in town. I think that'd be us. Yeah. No. All right. Well. If you need to talk to her, uh, her and her family live a couple miles from the Spivvy Farm. Live uh, a little bit out of town? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, just a little bit out of town. Um, honestly, I don't speak to her or her mother too much, but I do see her father a lot. Uh, he's one of the aldermen in town. 
Oh boy, they are busy right now. What's what's going on in town? Oh, it's it's uh, tax season here in the county, so they uh, stay pretty busy. And your you and your boys keep them busy too. We always do. There's always something to do around here to keep people from uh, hurting themselves or other people or something like that. Well, it's a nice looking town. You do a good job, Sheriff. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's our understanding uh, that Spiffy Boy went missing for a couple days. Was it? Is that normal? Or Kids these age, they disappear for a while. I mean, I mean I've gotten reports from lots of parents of kids disappear, come back, disappear, come back. It's always been like that. I mean, heck, I think even Jane Allen went away for about a day. Can we, uh... Get some of those reports? Uh, sure, yeah. I mean, they go back for years. I mean, ever since I've been here, kids always just run away from home or they uh, just don't think about things. You know, kids these age, they're getting ready for college. They don't like being around these places. Uh, due, due to the uh, connection to B- Billy, did w- when did Jane Allen go missing? A uh, couple weeks back. So it's recent? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. She came back the next day. Everything was fine. So, uh, seemed just like another kid went off for a day. She was only really gone eight hours, but her mother was pretty, uh, pretty curious about it. She seemed real worried. Didn't really need to be. I mean, again, only eight hours. Um, when did Billy go missing again? About 11 days ago. Was his... 11 days ago? So, wait, does that make, uh, Jane gone first or that would after. make Jane gone first. Okay. We we heard that they haven't been able to contact Jane. Has she been missing again? Is she around? I haven't gotten any reports that she's missing, but uh, I tried to phone up a couple times and uh, wasn't there at the times. I figure she's just out. She might be pretty upset, her boyfriend being a druggie, passing states and killing people. No, that's... So, yeah, I think that would upset anybody. Not ideal, unlo- or, no, never mind. How about Billy's mother? Mother? Billy mother? Angel? Angel, yeah. Oh, she's, uh, she's had a hard time of it lately. Her husband's dead, her son's out somewhere with the FBI, I imagine. Killed her husband? She's staying somewhere? She's at her home. I think her, uh, sister and brother-in-law keep checking on her. Fortunately, it's... We have to talk to her, you understand? Oh, I, I understand. It's not easy, but uh, good luck with that. Let me know if you need anything, of course. I can always help. I have known her for a while. Well, keep that in mind, Sheriff. You said uh, these boys, these children, uh, like to hang down, hang out down by the, uh, what was it? Oh, the reservoir. The reservoir? Yeah, it's a little place, you know. Every, every town's got that place the hooligans hang out at, the kids. It ain't anything special, but they like it, I guess. Lord knows why. Well, I guess it's out of town, like out of out of sight, kind of deal. Oh, it's just in the hills north of town, yeah. So it's it's a little isolated. Not we get called up there every couple of days for some kids usually getting a fight or something, but you know nothing too bad's ever really happened up there. Billy, have any friends? Any close friends? Other than uh, Aunt, uh, Jane? The kids I see him hang with are pretty normal like him. They spend a lot of time up there in that reservoir. You'll probably be able to suss them out if you go up there. 
but honestly, I don't pay too much attention to the kids unless I have to. I don't probably hangs out with that Jameson and Perry, I think. I could be wrong. Do they normally spend time there at night? Some of them do. Some of them skip school or they uh, go on all day at the weekend or something like that. And what time is it currently? Uh, it's getting dark. Okay. Uh, it's probably like six-ish, so a lot of people are getting off work and going home. This Jameson and Perry, they have last names. We might need to speak to them to see if we can get a little bit of insight into Billy's social life. Uh, Jameson Thompson and uh, Perry White. Sheriff, I don't have any more questions, do you anyway? Yeah, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, and we got to get a place to stay, so. All right, uh, you ought to go to Merle's Shut-Eye. It's the only place in town. Well, we'll head there. Out of curiosity, have you guys had any recent uh, visitors or anything? Or is it just business as usual? You know, I think there was a... He grabs a paper. There was someone in town recently... Uh, I don't remember his name. He was with one of those stupid TV shows, uh, Phenomenex. That's his name, or that's what? a TV no, that's show? Show's what name. was it called? Phenomen X. Oh, like, okay. Like, okay. Yeah. He goes around asking about all that UFO crap. One of those sleazy types. Uh, I haven't seen him in a couple of days, I don't think. But he, uh, have. Do you have a specific vehicle he was seen jabbing around with? I think it had their name on the side of it. Is their show any good? I don't know. I don't watch that stuff. Wow. Probably just some late night garbage. It's not bad, but most of their stuff is garbage. <laughs> good storytelling, though. Uh, if you look, you guys have any other questions? I got some stuff I got to get back to. Nope, Sheriff. Thank you for your time. We'll keep in touch. Uh, if we got any more questions, uh, we'll set up a time, perhaps. And you obviously know where you can reach us, so... Oh, yeah. I'll call down if I need you. Have a nice night. Thanks, Sheriff. As you guys hop into your car and start heading over to the motel, we will uh, go ahead and call it a day for us as well. <gasps> and we'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning into our program. If you haven't already, we encourage you to check out our weekly show, The Written and the Lost, a Pathfinder 2E actual play podcast. We'd also like to take this time to thank Arc Dream Publishing for the system and setting of Delta Green, and to John Scott Tynes and everyone else who worked diligently to give us this edition of Operation Convergence. Information on music used is found in the description. Thank you, and have an atomic time.